Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Odyssey Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore. And today is one of my favorite types of episodes that we do. We get to have a chance to interview successful short-term rental operators and owners. And today we've got joining us is Trago Wallace. Trago, say hi to everybody. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. Absolutely. So excited to chat with you. Trago is part of our coaching and mentoring group um, that we have over here at Vodacy. And uh, he's been building his short-term rental portfolio and had a, had a property before he, he, he uh, joined up with us. He's added a couple since then. And so it's going to be really fun, uh, Trago, to share your journey and some of the lessons you've learned uh, along the way here in this as you've been building your portfolio. So really happy to have you and really appreciate you joining us. I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, you know, Trago, you, you, uh, you, you know, you've been around me long enough to know that I just like that there's, this is really raw, unscripted, and we're just going to have a conversation today. And so um, let's, uh, let's dive in and, and let's just start and let's kind of take a few steps back, if you don't mind. And let's, can you just share with everybody your back, kind of your background, your backstory, where you're from, what you guys do, what led you to the short-term rental game? And we'll just kind of go from there and, and talk about the journey. Perfect. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my wife, Leslie and I, um, we're both from the central coast of California, um, on the coast, a little halfway between LA and San Francisco, um, met here, uh, moved away to college in separate, um, areas and then got married and moved back. And, um, when I, when I graduated, uh, college, uh, my senior year, actually my, my roommate gave me a, uh, copy of rich dad, poor dad, and that was kind of like the beginning of my um, financial um, journey and education. And um, I'd always kind of been interested in money, and but never really knew where I wanted to go with it. Um, I started a, a small business um, right out of college and um, still running that to today. Uh, it's been crazy 18 years, actually. Um, but uh, but yeah, so with when I read um, Rich Dad Poor Dad, it was kind of I kind of discovered that okay, eventually I want to invest in real estate, um, but I wasn't sure how I wanted to do that or how I could do that as a Californian. The more I studied it, the more I was like, how do you how do you do this? How do you um, you know be a landlord and actually make a profit on a monthly basis? Um, so a few years later, as um, I, I as podcasts became. Um, in the mainstream, I, I started listening to a lot of podcasts about real estate um, and came across some that talked about how to invest out of state. And so I ended up purchasing some long-term rentals out of state yeah. um, and did that for, for a while. Um, I ended up um, with four or five of them um, and they were fine. You know, it's kind of out of state, um, long-term real estate investing is kind of like pretty easy. It's hands-off. You just buy something that doesn't, it's nothing, nothing fancy. Um, but it's a way to, to kind of grow some wealth over time. Um, and that's what I did. And, um, and when the, after, after a few years of doing that, um, more than a decade, actually, I, I took two of those that were my worst performers, um, on a month to month basis and um, sold them and took that equity. And, um, and so now I had this kind of chunk. Um, and so it was one of those things where, you know, with, with a lot of real estate investors, you, people kind of get excited and they, they think that, oh, maybe, you know, there's, there's got to be a way to make money quick. And there are ways to do that. Um, but what I've found um, the best way is just, you know, just use it to build wealth over time. Yeah. And, um, and so I had this, you know, a, a decent amount of money to, to then invest somewhere else. Um, and I, I knew that I wanted to do real estate and continue to do real estate. Um, but I wasn't sure how exactly because um, I could just buy more out of state, um, you know, like I'd been doing. Um, and I looked into that for a while. I looked at the, I don't know if you're familiar with the Burr uh, method yeah, of investing absolutely. and, and um and so I, I studied that for a while and I even tried to put down offers and out of state and tried to do that. Um, but it just wasn't panning out. The, the market had gotten so crazy. It was hard to compete um, with all the other people that were doing the same sort of thing. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that kind of led me to where, where I, I heard about, uh, heard about your program, Sean and Bodice and, um, and that kind of, you know, kind of changed the direction that, that I wanted to go at that point. Nice. So you, so you, when you, when we, you know, it's, it's interesting how many people I talk to that, and myself included, that the rich dad, poor dad was a, is such foundational for us when we started to kind of figure out, you know, the, the cash flow quadrant, right. And, and identifying where we want to go. It's such a, such a classic and, and great book that really did. A, he did such a great job of just explaining what quadrant and how you want to kind of long-term plan and figure out how you're going to build wealth. Right. And, right. and it is common to go into that. And I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation as well, because you, you know, you've looked at a couple of the most popular options, especially, you know, the turnkey, you know, Midwestern type of properties, long-term rentals, cash flow really well, very, very passive investments, right? You don't have to get, you don't, there's not a lot you have to do to think about them. Um, probably don't appreciate as much as some other properties, but they, but they can cash flow really nicely and they can be really good turnkey investments and, and build well. So it's nice that you had that experience there as well. And then when, when did you, when did, um, as far as time frame, when did you sell those couple where you started thinking, okay, I want to do something else? Yeah. So, uh, that was actually in 2019. Okay. Um, and my, and what I ended up doing with, so, um, yeah, so I had this chunk and I actually invested it once the, so that was end of 2019, 2020 hits, um, market goes crazy down. And so I plopped some of that into the market at that time. Um, so that kind of just supercharged that, um, equity amount that I had, um, cause it wasn't until mid 2021 that I joined your program. Yeah. Nice. And, and when you talk about, did you take some of that and you, you attempted the Burr method with a few, with some of that, is that, what did you, did you, did you actually attempt the Burr method? And just for the listeners that aren't familiar with what the Burr method is, but the Burr method is you you buy a property, you rehab it, you rent it, you refinance it, and then you repeat. Right. And so it's, you're taking a property, you're improving it. You're going to, you're going to put a renter in it. Then you're going to refinance it, pull most of your money out. Sometimes more than what you have into it is the mm-hmm. goal is that you're, you're parlaying the same amount of capital into multiple properties. And so that's what, right. when somebody refers to the Burr method, that's what they're referring to. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that, I, I, I now call it the Burr and B method if we do it on the short term <laughs> rental side. So, <laughs> and that's, yeah, yeah. We can get into that later once we talk about my specific properties, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was. Um, I had put down probably about 10 to 15 offers, um, on different properties to Burr, um, two of which were accepted and, but it, during the inspection period, the, all the amount of the amount of equity that I would have to put in to get it to a good rental, um, state, um, it just didn't make sense. I, at that point, I might as well just buy a turnkey property because yeah. it wasn't, I didn't have, there wasn't enough wiggle room in there. And that's because of the the crazy market and everyone, everyone was bidding. So these, these houses yeah. that were, you know, didn't even have walls, you know, we're, we're selling for crazy yeah. prices. Nice. And so, right. so that led you to then, okay. The, you just kind of, you kind of dabbled there. It's like, okay, this is getting really, this is super, it is a super competitive market. Anytime you're talking about any sort of fix, fixer upper type property, super competitive. We're already competitive in the re, on the retail side of it, right? The, these markets, the inventory is super low. And so, so tell us about that, that first step into the short-term rental game. What, what, what really started leading you down that road? Yeah. I mean, I really liked what you have to say, the way, the way that you envision vacation rentals, because I'd considered vacation rentals in the past. Um, um, well, first, you know, before Airbnb, you know, people would talk about, oh, I've got a cabin in the woods or I've got a beach house and it's, and, and my wife, um, she, we had talked about it and I was, she was, she would never push the issue, but I, my stance was always, that's a, that's not an investment. That's, that's a liability. And, you know, Robert Kiyosaki would say, that's a liability that it's an, it's an asset for, for the mortgage company that's holding your mortgage because you're paying them every month, Yeah. Um, but it's not putting money in your pocket. So it's, it's a liability for you. Um, and so I, I didn't see a way to make it into an investment. Um, but the way that you talked about it, um, and you know, obviously once the, the coming of Airbnb and being able to do that, 
um, making it a lifestyle asset and making it so that it's not just an investment um, that gives you money every month, but it's something that you can use um, personally and enjoy with your family, you know, to add um, to your own lifestyle to, to really um, enjoy for yourself. So that's really what kind of drew me um, to, to vacation rentals and to Vodacy. Um, so the one that I had had um, when we moved, we bought our, you know, our forever home, we call it um, about six years ago. And it has a small apartment attached to the side of the house. Okay. And then we started Airbnb that um, as soon as we moved in and kind of made it um, into a good, good little space. It's a two bedroom, two bath um, with a kitchen and living room. Um, and so that is was kind of attached or is it a, is it an ADU? It's attached, um, okay. but it's through, it's attached through a separate hallway that can be locked on either side. Gotcha. Um, so it feels really separate and it really yeah. is, um, it really is a separate kind of feel to it. Um, even though it is attached, nice. it's got nice. its own entrance and parking area and porch and everything like that. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a great, um, you know, something that I, that a lot of people, it's a good way to kind of get exposed to the short-term rail game, right? You have a, you have a property, it's your home. You're able to kind of see, okay, what is this world all about? Right? Like it, 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 can I really just put something on Airbnb, set it up nicely? Are people actually going to come? And you got firsthand experience that, yeah, actually, once you put it on, people actually start start booking it, right? And and yeah. now now that part of that property or your your home is getting paid by somebody else, and you're living in it, right? The, like right. to the point, it wasn't. It's not. It's not just strictly a liability now. It, it's really supplementing itself. Yeah, we actually, when we moved in, it was the last bedroom and bath were just drywall. It was unfinished. They were using it as storage, the, the sellers of the home. Um, and so we started immediately renting out the one bedroom, one bath with kitchen and living room. And it was doing so well that I was like, oh man, this, I really got to capitalize on this. And so I kind of hustled to finish out that last bedroom and bath um, to really maximize um, that and that. So yeah, I had that, I finished that within the first year so that we could enjoy that revenue as well. And are you, I'm assuming you're managing that one since it's on site at your house, you guys are managing that yourself. Yeah. And I keep trying to convince my wife to, to let go of the cleaning because she does the cleaning herself. <laughs> um, and um, bless her, bless her heart. She's, she's like, well, I, I feel like, you know, it's right here. I got it. You know, I got to yeah. contribute something too. And um, so, you know, I, I let her, but uh but yeah, I, I think, I think it'd be great if we could, you know, just let someone else do the cleaning, but yeah, yeah. There's a, it, it, I always tell people, you know, they're like, I'm a big proponent of full service management just, and the main reason is, is because handling the management on these properties, it's a lot, there's a lot you have to do. Right. And, and if you're doing it yourself, it's not, sometimes it sounds a little easier than, than the reality is when you're actually doing it all. And, uh, and so not, not that, you know, you can definitely save money and it can work. In fact, some of our members in our group that manage their own properties, they do a phenomenal job. And, and, uh, but it's something that you will really have to be committed to doing because if you really want a passive investment, managing it yourself is not the, that's not very passive. And so, yeah. Um, but where it's on, where it's on site, this is your house that it, it makes sense. And so, so you get a taste of it that way. And then, so then we run down the road a little bit further and you start to, to, think about buying something strictly as a lifestyle asset, right. As a, as a short term right. rental. And so take us down that kind of that, that road. Yeah. So this was probably May ish of last year, 21. Um, and saw your ads and saw, heard about you and um, did a phone call with, um, I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Jacob or someone else on your team, yeah. but um, and um but, but at the time, you know, my, uh, we really wanted our idea of a, of the perfect vacation rental would be a, you know, on the beach, um, near us so that we could go there anytime we wanted. Cause we're about 30 minutes from the beach. Um, and, but we want it on the sand, um, mm -hmm. because we, we rent those quite often. Um, uh, Leslie and her friends will go and do that for girls, you know, weekend or, um, whatever. And so, we thought it'd be great to get one ourselves. And so 
but the numbers are really hard to cash flow yeah. when you do that. And so when I first had that call um, with someone on your team, um, that was kind of like the only thing I had in mind was like this, you know, if, if this could work, then I'd love to do this. But otherwise, I don't really see um, where else, you know, I couldn't envision where else I would want a vacation home. Um, and, uh, and so he, I, I made, the, you know, I had that phone call. And then you had a, fo- a follow up call with me as well. And I was, you know, at the time, I, I thought, okay, here comes the big guy, and he's going to do the hard sale. You know, I've, I've been through these, you know, timeshare yeah. um, conversations. Closers coming in, right? <laughs> right, exactly. That's totally what I thought it would be. And to your credit, like, uh, I don't know if you remember the conversation, but it was totally the opposite. And you, your, your mentality, which I think is totally right. It's like, you know, this isn't for everybody. And if that's, you know, if that's the only thing you have in mind, if that's the only vision you have for vacation rentals, then, then this probably isn't for you. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I kind of left the call like, okay, that wasn't one of those I was expecting, but okay, that's probably the right answer. Um, but then uh, over the next couple of weeks, um, I kind of just churned it over um, in my head and talked about it with Leslie. And, um, and we started to think, you know, what about these other places? There's, you know, there's, there's other places. We live in California. There's yeah. other beautiful places to vacation. Um, and so we kind of, um, we settled on a, a couple good ideas of where we could, um, where we would really enjoy going back on a regular basis, um, because it wasn't just about cash flowing for us. I know that there's people in the in the group that that's a big part of it for them. Um, and as much as you know, I want it to make money. I don't want to lose money every month. I definitely wanted it to to make money, but also be a place that we would enjoy going on a regular yeah. basis. Um, and so, um, what I ended up before I even signed on with you, um, I started kind of looking into it a little bit deeper into these two specific markets. Um, and, um, I don't even know, I don't know if I contacted a broker, a a real estate broker or not. Um, but at what point I, I ended up signing on with you guys and, and joining your team. Um, but, uh, yeah, at some point I did. <laughs> and yeah. and it, but I think what it came down to was I knew at this point, I knew I wanted to do it. I knew that this was going to be where I wanted to park my money for the long haul. And um, I just wasn't sure that I would be able to pull the trigger um, confidently unless I kind of had some good training, coaching, um, and some good information on my side. And so that's kind of where I decided, all right. I really got to, I really got to join this Odyssey group and, and see where it takes us. So awesome. And, and, and to your credit too, I always tell people, you know, let's start with those markets, even the, in, in you, you've been around our group long enough. You've heard me tell some of our strict investors that are like, I, all I care about is cash flow. I don't care about the market. Right. I still always challenge them find markets that you're interested in, find markets that you'll enjoy. And even like to your point, the first, the conversation you and I had, if you only have one market and it happens to be a market that doesn't cash flow very well, well, then maybe this isn't the right type of an asset, right? And, and we want to be realistic. And but there are so many good markets, right? When you you and Leslie then had you came back and you had a couple of conversations, you're like, yeah, like to your point, you you guys live in one of the most beautiful areas of the country. I mean, California has so many diverse areas, it's not just beaches, right? You guys. And, uh, and so how did you choose your area? You guys had those conversations. You started to identify some of those areas. And I mean, it wasn't, my guess is it wasn't based on the investability, the area, it wasn't based on, you know, the, all the, all the fancy, you know, analytics of the area. It was truly just, Hey, where would we really enjoy? Right. Totally. Yeah. So, um, the first market that we were excited about, um, was so every year for the last eight years or so we as a family we go to family camp in the summer Um, and it's just like summer camp um, that you go to in middle school high school or whatever Um, but it's for the entire family and everyone's got their own programs and stuff and we love it and we plan on going every year forever you know um, taking our grandkids with us some years you know Mm -hmm. so um and, but as a growing family, so side note, I've got five kids okay. and uh, we, um, and so when we go on this, um, to the, to the family camp every year, we've had to 
as our family grew, we had to get kind of bigger and bigger spaces. We started in like the kind of lodge hotel room style thing. Um, and then we went to like the, the tiny cabin and then we went to like one of the biggest cabins that they offered. Um, and it's still, it's a, a two bedroom, one bath, yeah. you know, built in the sixties type of home cabin. And, um, and we are like, we, what if we could buy a vacation rental that is in this community, um, and would work and we could stay there every summer. And so we kind of poked around. We actually had a friend who, um, who bought one and did similarly did that, uh, like, I don't know, three or four years ago and was just Airbnb in it, you know, not, not maximizing it like you teach, but just, you know, their, their main purpose was to have it for them for the summer and then Airbnb it kind of casually the rest of the year. And so we said, okay, this could be a market. Um, and it's in the Santa Cruz mountains, um, mm -hmm. this, um, up in the redwoods, it's a beautiful area. We love it. Um, and so, yeah, we, we wanted something bigger than, than we could really find with, um, in the, within the, the conference area or within the conference options, cabins, mm -hmm. um, and was a little bit more, you know, up to date, um, something with a, a nice kitchen and stuff. Cause we, like to cook in there and when what we're whatnot and sleep well and everyone's kind of got their own rooms and stuff and so that was that was kind of the first market that we focused on so was that when was that when did you when did you acquire that property yeah so well <laughs> so this i i think it was june june ish that um that i joined bodice and i had been kind of searching um beforehand and look, you know, looking on Zillow, yeah. maybe talking to a realtor. I don't really remember if I did that or not. Um, and, and so it was, that's about, you know, early June was when I probably started looking. Um, but simultaneously, um, once I joined Bodice, um, we actually started looking because I, in, in the, the family, um, the family camp area, in order for it to really be feasible um, because you want to be able to walk to all the activities and yeah. to everything um, there's really a very small area that it would have to, to fit in. And so um, we were looking and, you know, it, maybe one, one every two or three weeks would come on the market that was actually in the area. And gotcha. probably more like one in one a month would come on the market. And so to have, have one that is in the area and kind of fits what we're looking for, we're like, I don't know when this is going to happen. Right. This, you know, could, could never happen, but we're going to keep looking. And so simultaneously, we started looking in the uh, separate market, um, which was up in Yosemite. That's kind of where we settled on. Um, and I can get into why we settled or why we picked that area too. But Huge profit driver up there. Big, big national park and uh, you know, yeah. lots of people go up there. And it, it sounds like you guys enjoy the mountains as well and that outdoor, the outdoor activities, huh? Well, yeah, it's interesting because we, we do enjoy outdoor. We enjoy hiking. We, um, all, all that is involved, but, um, it's interesting because we, we don't really, um, we hadn't really vacationed there much. It wasn't like, like the Santa Cruz mountains, uh, um, that we go to every summer. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I put down my first offer on one, I was talking to a friend cause I, I thought we would get it. And I was talking to a friend who goes to Yosemite quite a bit. And I said, oh, we just put down an offer in, in Yosemite. And she says, do you guys even go there? Like, I didn't know. And like, well, we've been there a couple of times, you know? <laughs> so, um, so no, but, but the reason that we picked it beyond the, the fact that I, it was a, a profit driver was that um, separate from the Vodacy conversation and the vacation rental conversation, um, Leslie was talking to my older boys one time um, about, where they wanted to eventually settle down. Like when you have your own home, where do you envision that being? And it was like resounding from all three of my boys. Um, oh, we want to live in the mountains um, up where it snows, you know? And we're, <laughs> Leslie's like, oh, we never go to the mountains. And we, we don't, as you know, as parents, we don't really like the snow that much. Yeah. Um, so so it was kind of interesting to hear that um, from them. And so that kind of pointed us, okay, we got to find somewhere um, up in the mountains um, that, you know, in the winter it's white and snows um, because we want this to not only be an asset that 
um, we can enjoy right now where our kids are somewhat young. My oldest is in high school, um, but uh, somewhere that they're going to want to bring their family yeah. back to. And this can be a place that we can, you know, congregate um, as an extended family um, in the years to come. So that was kind of like, all right, got to find somewhere in the mountains. Um, and Yosemite is the iconic spot. Um, and I, my, my, um, my uncle and cousins had a home up there when I was young. And so I knew the area somewhat well, um, from that. And, um, you know, of course visited Bass Lake and, and Yosemite over the time of, uh, over my course of my life. So yeah, I, I actually put in offers before ever going back there. Once I decided I wanted Yosemite, um, I started putting in offers and I think the, my agent was kind of like, didn't believe that I was yeah. really that serious about it. Um, um, we can get into that once, uh, once we talk about the actual property, but, um, yeah, well, anyway. let's dive into the property. So you started making the offers, um, and, uh, and cause I've done that. I know exactly what you're talking about. I make a lot, a lot of offers before I, I, I don't buy ever sight unseen, but I will always like, there's a lot of markets I'll make offers, but, and I won't fly there until I'm under contract. And then, yeah. and then I go there. Totally. Yeah. So we were simultaneously looking in both locations and um, using your, your program to kind of help find the best agent. Um, I found a good agent that really focused on, um, on short-term rentals. And um, so I, I actually saw some pop-up on Zillow and I shot him over to, cause again, I don't, you know, right now in this, in this market, and especially back then, um, I think the agents had so many people coming to them, like, I want to buy, I want to buy. And so it was like, even if something came on the market, I might shoot it to her before she shot it to me. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, but anyway, so I shot her a couple that I was kind of interested in. Um, and I was kind of leaning towards one specific one and she actually kind of pointed out a few features of this other one, the other one that I um, sent her and like, you know, this, because it had this big shop, um, like this workshop um, separate from the house. And I was kind of like, you know, a lot of the value, I think the sellers are putting on this shop that is useless to me as a vacation rental. And she said, well, actually, no, that could be a really great game room. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, you're right. And she said, um, and I kind of viewed otherwise the two homes pretty similarly, um, size wise and everything view wise, it looked from the pictures. And she said, well, actually this other one has an amazing view, but the one you're kind of looking at, it looks good from the pictures on the website, but turns out they're, the, the views aren't really that great. They're kind of blocked. And, whatnot. and so she kind of pointed me, um, in that direction. And I, and, and it had a pool um, and a few other things. And so, oh, and it had, it had equal amounts bathroom to, to bedroom, which yeah. she pointed out was, is really important. You can't really skimp on bedrooms um, because if you pack a bunch of people in there, they're, they're all going to be waiting for a shower or whatnot. Yeah. So all those kind of features she kind of brought up to my, to my knowledge and I was kind of, okay. And so I kind of got my heart set on this one and it, it, all the pieces kind of started to fit. I was like, all right, this could be, this could really be the right, the right spot. And um, so this was probably, I want to say late June. And, you know, they're um, crazy hot market. Um, they're, they're asking, I think it was, they were asking like 875. And um, I, at the time I was like, you know, I could swing, I could swing like, I think it was like 895 or something like that. And I think that's probably what this place is worth. Um, and she's like, yeah, that's probably a good, a good offer. Well, it came down to, I guess, us and one other person. And um, the other person had a much higher offer than us, but they had a loan contingency. And, um, and so she said, the, I guess the seller said um, that you're, it's it's between you two guys, but their offer is higher. What's the best you can do? And so I kind of padded my number a little bit, but not too much. Um, and and then I guess apparently the other um, the other buyer decided to drop their loan contingency, and so they ended up getting the getting the the, 
the house and they went into escrow and we were kind of oh, bummer that that's that's a, a real bummer um and so it wasn't so that was june and then we went to family camp in the end of july early august yeah very very end of july and the day before we left for family camp um my agent um sent me this this listing this just came on the market today this is a saturday um just came on the market it, i think it's what you're looking for and Leslie and i look at it we're like yeah that is that is what we're looking for it's it's in a good spot it's good size you know everything um and it was just perfect that we were we happened to be going there so we went to family camp we were there the next day and um we went in and uh toured the house on a monday morning that next month the next day and um the the inside was a lot better than the pictures um showed and so we're like wow this is this could be really good um and so we decided okay we're gonna um, as of Tuesday, we put down a full, full uh, cash offer of what they were asking, mm-hmm. and um, and the I guess you know hearing from my agent, he says the seller, he, the husband, he really thought that this there'd be a bidding war on this, so he was really hoping for for more, and um, and I was like, well, you know, it's an all cash offer. It's what they're asking. So let's just leave it there and see what happens. And so as of Thursday, they accepted the offer. And boy, am I glad that they did because Saturday, they because when they initially put out the listing, it said like professional photos coming soon. And that next Saturday, the, the new professional photos came, came up on Zillow, even though we were already had it wrapped up in escrow. And this plate, like the photos- Looked way better. Place away. Oh man. Like if those were out, like there'd have been so many, uh, it would have been yeah. a bidding war for sure. But luckily I had it wrapped up before that. And so I felt really fortunate um, in that regard. Um, the other thing that they, they're like, okay, if we're going to accept, accept your offer, then then we want a 10 day close. And I was like, all right, we can do that. And so um, they had already started the um, inspection uh, process. Like they'd, they'd hired their own inspector. And so I got a report report of that really quickly. Um, I had a roof roofer guy look at it and a um, couple other, uh, like the pest inspection, everything. So um, got all that and, and we were able to close in 10 days. And so um, I was, I was really excited that, okay, this is perfect. And so was it a turnkey property? Were you able to go right on the market? What did, so you had to go through the setup phase, right? <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, no, it was not turnkey at all. Um, they, I mean, it was built in the seventies. Um, and I'm pretty sure everything except for one bathroom was original. Mm -hmm. Um, and the one bathroom that was, that they had done was like, I think they did it all themselves. And so it was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. In fact, the original bathroom looked better than the, than the updated bathroom. Um, and so no, we ended up gutting the, the entire kitchen and both bathrooms. Um, and, uh, and then re, you know, repainting everything. And, um, and now, now we're in the process where we're actually having to do redo the, the entire, um, panel, the, the electrical panel. Once we started adding a few things, yeah. it was like, oh man, the, 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 everything keeps tripping. And, um, we added a spa, which was really, turns out I really should have had a, uh, um, a licensed electrician check the, the panel before, um, getting the spa installed, but, um, yeah, that anyway, so that, so was that all part of the plan though? That was when you bought it, you, you had the plans to, to redo it, upgrade it and everything else. How long did that take? That's a challenge right now. Yeah. And I was totally fortunate. Um, I, my, my real estate agent was kind of like this older gentleman who, who'd been in the area for a long time. He actually worked with the family camp for years, decades. And, um, and so he really knew the area and the people. And, um, and I said, do you have a contractor that, that you'd recommend? And same sort of thing. Like he was, he said, well, I got this, got this guy, Mark, who's been doing this forever. And he was like a semi-retired contractor. Um, and turned out he could, he was able to start in like a week and a half from when we um, were awesome. ready to go. And so that was, that was really great. Um, 
And uh, so he jumped right on it and it took about, it took about two months to get everything um, totally finished. Um, and meanwhile, while he was doing that, I really, I, I started theming out um, one of the bunk room. I, I kind of, I made this, it was kind of like this bonus room that wasn't even counted as square footage um, into like this bunk room that um, has just the bunks are made out of, of real logs that, and I made a suspension bridge between them and I made the bunks look like tree houses. Mm. Um, and so, cause that, that whole area with the family camp, there's all these, you know, ropes courses and zip lines and yeah. stuff like that. Um, rock walls. So I, one of the walls, I, I put a rock wall on a climbing little climbing wall. And so that was kind of like my, my little project while I was overseeing the, the contractors doing the, the, the real, <laughs> the fine yeah. touches and whatnot that I, I didn't feel comfortable doing so. So this one, this this property wasn't up at Yosemite. This one is at the family. This is the one at the family camp. Family camp yeah. area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Um, like I said, I was really bummed to miss out on that that perfect property that up at up at Yosemite. But if I'd have, I had enough equity to to put an all cash offer in on on something on a property, mm-hmm. and like I said earlier, there were, there are so few properties that actually come on the market in yeah. Santa, the Santa Cruz mountain for looking, um, that if I'd have wrapped up that first one, you wouldn't I, have got I, we, one. Would, we would have missed out on the second, on the one, um, up at family camp. And so it was kind of a blessing in disguise. And then lo and behold, I get a call from my, my Yosemite agent that the house that we wanted fell out of escrow. Um, turns out, you know, the people that that uh, wanted a loan still needed a loan. Still needed a loan. They couldn't yeah. get the loan. So, um, yes, and it was kind of a tight on the on the timing because we were just like refinancing the because we, we paid cash, but I wanted to refinance and take that equity out and then yeah. and do it again, kind of like Bur Bur yeah. B. What'd you call it? <laughs> yeah, the Bur um, B method. No, that's a, and that's a really common thing. I always tell people. I, in fact, most cash buyers. That their their strategy is, uh, especially on a long term investment, is not typically to leave the cash in there. You you use the cash for the acquisition, get it where you need to, then you refinance it and put it and use it for another one. So yeah, th- to your point, that's a that's a really common strategy that a lot of people don't think about or know. If you're not a if you're not a cash buyer, they they right. assume that they're just buying cash all the time. They're usually taking one chunk of cash and using it for multiple properties, right? Right, exactly, and so. Um, so yeah, like I said, it was it was tight timing wise because we were right in the middle of refinancing. Um, but I said we, because the seller of the Yosemite house said, you know, if you still want to buy the house, um, they actually said you'll need to come in at this amount, uh, which was still higher than my other offer before. Um, come in at that amount as a cash offer, no loan contingency, thirty day, sorry, thirty day close, um, and and we can wrap this up and. Um, I was like, oh boy, that's, that's going to be tight, but let's go for it. And what, and actually what I ended up doing was I said, I can do that, except that now, you know, because I had to leave some equity when you refinance, you can't yeah. take it all with you. Um, I'm, I'm short a little bit, so I'm okay doing that. But how do you feel about um, doing a seller carry back note? Um, uh, not, not the full amount, just a, just a partial to get us there. And they, you know, a couple of days thinking about it, they came back and said, sure, that sounds good. So um, that's how we got that one wrapped up and the refinance of the first one came through in time. And so we, we were able to close um, on, on the Yosemite house that we, that we wanted in the beginning. And so it, it was a kind of a bumpy road, but we got to where we wanted to be in the end. So. Uh, and both of them, it sounds like timing wise, we're somewhere in that toward the end of 2021, right? Is that, is that right? Yeah, we closed on, um, so me- the family camp, just so I can keep saying family camp in Mount Hermon, Mount yeah. Hermon it's called Mount Hermon. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the Mount Hermon house, um, we closed, I believe it was August 10th um, and, or maybe August 17th. I don't know. Um, and then the Yosemite house we closed on October 27th or something like that. Okay. So, so August ish, and then you got two months for the rehab to so your, your, yeah, you were just wrapping up the rehab pretty close. I was, 
Yeah, the rehab didn't start. Um, we actually rented back the Mount Hermon house to the sellers. So the rehab didn't start until mid-September. Okay. So that was, that was, wasn't, that was still mid, mid process. So, okay. so now I had, you know, end of October, I had two homes that both had some work to be done. Um, and, uh, and neither of them are rental ready yet. So <laughs> it was, it was pretty crazy. I, I wouldn't recommend doing that. But no, that's a, that's a lot to take on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the only reason that I would have done it was because both houses were the perfect houses that we wanted. Um, I wasn't about to rush into something that just, yeah. So, um, yeah, so the, we ended up the com completing the rehab and getting it listed, um, just before Thanksgiving for the Mount Hermon house. Okay. Um, and the, the Yosemite house, it, it was in great condition. Um, it was a custom home built in the late nineties. Um, so it was just a light, little bit dated, but yeah. otherwise like it was well built, like very well built. Um, I didn't really want to, you know, gut anything because it was quality stuff. Um, so at first I thought, okay, because it was that, it was that nineties honey Oak, um, yeah. cabinetry all throughout kitchens, uh, bathrooms, even built-in cabinets in the living room. Um, a lot of cabinets cause it was a big home. Um, and so it's like, and it was like honey Oak with like gold hardware. Yeah. And so at first I was like, maybe I can just get away with replacing the hardware. Um, you know, and that way we can really nothing else needs to be done. We can get it listed quickly. And then I was like, you know, listening, you know, studying your course a little bit more. I was like, if I really want to create this, you know, this dream, this like a really great experience for people, then it, it needs to be more than just, you know, hardware that's kind mm -hmm. of updated. And so then I had this, I, I was like, you know what, I'll just paint the cabinets. You know, I studied it, like how I could do this, the special paint that went on really easily and could be DIY'd. And I was like, that's going to be the plan. I'll, I'll paint it. Um, and so I had this contractor come in cause I, we were going to convert the, there's four car garage in two sections. So we were going to convert two of the, the, um, two car garage, one of the two car garages, um, into a bunk room. And so I, I had some, had a, again, I, I talked to my realtor and said like, you have any recommendations? And she gave me a bunch of people's names and one of them was available and he met me there um, probably the week after I bought it. And um, I said, okay, this is, this is kind of what I envisioned for the, for the bunk room. He's like, okay, I can do that. Um, and he's like, what else are you working on? I was like, well, I'm painting these cabinets. And he's like, oh, painting cabinets, huh? And, he's, and it turns out that this guy, this contractor, although does other stuff, he really focused on refinishing cabinets. And he's like, what do you think about like refinishing them rather than painting them? And I was like, well that'd be great, you know, but you know, who's, who's got time for that. And he's like, well, I've got time for that right now. And so he showed me some of the work that he did. And, um, I was like, wow, that would be really awesome. So, um, it took a little bit longer, but that's what we ended up doing. And they turned out really awesome. Just really made it look like, um, updated and more of like a timeless look, more of a rustic -y, right. cabin -y, you know, mountain -y look rather than just a nineties you know, or a painted, um, look. So yeah, that's, that's what we had to do. And it, um, <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him. Cause he, um, I kind of gave him like a deadline, which was, he actually gave, I said, what's the soonest you can get this done. And I, can we get this done before Christmas? Let's see if we can get this listed before Christmas. Um, and he's like, yeah, I think, I think I can do that. I think I can do that. Well, meanwhile, we're like excited to have this home in Yosemite. And so we come up there like multiple weekends and we're, we're working on the pro property while we're there, but we're, yeah. you know, in the property, big family. And we, you know, one time we took our extended family, one time we took friends and then we took another group of friends. So um, we kept having to kick him out. <laughs> so yeah. We're going to be there at this time. So can you be wrapped up anyway? So it took a little bit longer um, and he, the house was, fully ready by like mid January, it turned out. Um, and that was partly stuff he was finishing, partly stuff that I was finishing and partly stuff that, um, the property manager that we ended up hiring, um, kind of after we'd already started, you know, starting to wrap things up. They're like these, you need to do these things too, according to like what, how we like things done. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was, we finally finished it by mid January. Awesome. And, and you've, uh, you mentioned a few times, one of the things that I always stress is having just an amazing team of partners, those boots on the ground partners um, in these areas and how important that is. You mentioned your realtors a couple of times, some of the recommendations on contractors that they've given you um, and helping that process along. And really, it sounds like in both of those markets, you're, the, those realtors and those partners were, were a key part of you getting both of these properties, but also getting them set up and ready to go as well. Yeah, their their knowledge. Um, the the Yosemite real estate agent has a, um, a had a really good background of um, of short term rentals and had a good knowledge. Um, how I found her actually um, using some of your your um, you know like interview questions and stuff. I was yeah. looking for. Um, all my partners at the same time, I'm kind of like, okay, as I'm, I'm trying to build my team, this is before yeah. I had any offers in or anything. Um, so, you know, you always say like, whenever you're done talking about, you're, you're done interviewing one partner, then you ask them for if recommendations of other, um, other uh, types of professionals. And so one of my favorite property managers that I interviewed, which is the one I ended up hiring, um, I Ask you know same question. Do you have any recommendations for for um, real estate agents? And and he said, well, <clears throat> you know, actually, how I got into this business was my mother in law um, has been in short term rentals um, forever, and um, she's an agent. And so he gave me her number, and sure enough, she was she had all her her um, anyway. She had a lot of great knowledge, and so it was it it worked out really well. And then I ended up hiring him to do the to the property manager, he and his, he and his wife, the, the real estate agent's daughter, um, run this, um, vacation rental, um, a property manager. And so they're, they're the ones awesome. I ended up going with. So, so, so we've got the properties, one of them launches right, right before the holidays, um, the end of that. So we're recording this. So if you're listening to this and it's not the end of February, we're the end of February, 2022. So, and then, so a couple months ago, right during the holidays, um, the Mount Hermon house launches. And then basically a month ago, the Yosemite property launches. So how, how did the launches go? Yeah. So the Mount Hermon house, uh, like I said, we got it listed, um, in right before Thanksgiving and who I ended up hiring for property manager there is kind of like a co-host. I think she's got about 10 properties um, mm -hmm. that she co-hosts and great gal full of energy. Um, um, but you know, not a, she has, she has her team of, of cleaners and whatnot. Um, but she, not as much experience as I would say, like some other property managers, like my Yosemite team. Um, and, um, and mainly like I chose her because she's really involved in the area. Mm -hmm. And also because there really wasn't a great, um, re like, uh, really great property manager group in that area. There were yeah. a lot that focused on the beach houses, like on the beach in Santa Cruz, but none that like really wanted to mess with the mountains yeah. um, up above Santa Cruz. And so, um, but she was great. And she um, gave me some great tips as I was setting it up and everything. And she, um, she was really involved throughout the whole process as I was, as I was getting it um, ready and rehabbed and everything. Um, and so that was, that was helpful. And so, but I, so I actually ended up, you know, through my study with your program, I, <clears throat> I felt like I've got a pretty good idea of how I want this listing to look. And so, um, I actually created the listing on Airbnb right now. We're just on Airbnb. Um, that's one of her shortfalls. She doesn't <clears throat> go outside of Airbnb. I would love to, mm -hmm. you know, have her do VRBO and all those others. Um, but Anyway, so we're just on Airbnb right now, um, and I created the listing, and um, and we're still actually haven't done professional photos, even though we've been live for almost three months. Trago, um, stop, stop, than, stop! I got You just There's told me you would have not got a house, or if everybody saw the house with the photos when you bought one, how well, important photos are. We got to get those done. <laughs> I know, but the the thing is, it's still even though it's listed and it's it's going, it's still not. Um, like the spa hadn't been installed 
and what's oh and the shower doors are still not installed that's the other thing like we're still so there's a few things like i i kept thinking you know looking back i should have just done it once and then i'll do it again later the professional photos um but all my con all my like the the glass company and the spa company and everything they kept saying oh you know next week we'll have it done yeah. next week we'll have it done and so they kept next weeking me and for a few months now and so um anyway those will come very soon that's the plan um but uh anyway so so we got the got it listed and um and it started booking you know right away this you know right before thanksgiving we list and almost immediately um like the next day we probably had like three bookings for the the christmas um holidays and i wasn't aware but like airbnb automatically did these you know newcomer discounts and i was like what you know i priced it at this why are they coming in at this? and i yeah. had to i had to kind of backtrack and figure out what they were doing and i had to manually so anyone starting their own airbnb listing you have to manually tell airbnb not to discount not your to property that, if you yeah. don't want it um so anyway i lost out on a few bucks there but um it started getting you know bookings right away so i started bumping up the the price um when i first when i first started doing the um using your program to um kind of underwrite the the deal um i was budgeting at like 350 a night um for this for this house and by the time we finished it up uh, my property manager said, um, you know, you could get like 500 for this. And I was like, really? You think so? That'd be awesome. Um, so that's what we started it at. Well, it, it started booking so much that I ended up um, bumping it up to 650 a night for the weekends and leaving it at 500 for the, for the weekdays. And lo and behold, it's, it's booking um, pretty regularly. It's, it hasn't missed, I think it missed one weekend is it didn't get booked. So anyway, so awesome. it's, been really happy with um with the bookings and you know got some got some reviews to get us started and now you get those photos and now, and then you bump it to 900 a night <laughs> yeah who knows <laughs> who knows get those done and then then the uh the yosemite property launched in uh, about a month ago is that was so yeah it was um so it was rental ready um in mid january but and they they gave me the forewarning that you to you know get it rental ready but but once you give it to us it's going to take us a couple weeks to get it onboarded gotcha. um and um at the time i was like really because i could do this like right away i could get this <laughs> going um but uh they have some really good processes and and to their credit that also they have they're really there's a labor shortage turns out right um and uh, i was just talking with her yesterday about how you know, she was kind of laughing about it because not only is there a national labor shortage, but um, Yosemite, as well as many other, I'm sure, vacation destination areas that are now converting all these long-term homes. She's kind of like, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot by creating these um, vacation rentals out of homes that our labor would be otherwise living in. Living so in, there's yeah. no, nowhere for them to live. Anyway, um, but uh yeah so we gave it to them in january they worked on it for it took, it took them less than two weeks but they got it listed and then um so we've had two guests um the last two weekends um have been booked awesome and yeah. and, and are they is, did it launch about the prices that you were anticipating on your underwriting and stuff and i mean i know you're still very early in that in that established the listing get those reviews phase which is typically we we suggest a little bit lower in the beginning right but so you're probably yeah. still in that stage, right? Yeah. And, um, since they're a very full service property manager, they, um, I haven't really had much say in the pricing, but, but they've been talking. Um, I asked them about that in the beginning. I'm like, I'm concerned because they actually book out or they, they make it available for, for 12 months ahead, which, you know, you, you, you oh, talk yeah. about all the time. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Now. So I was really concerned about that. I'm like, I'm concerned that you, that you do this. Um, what do you, you know, if people book it now for next Christmas or whatever. And we had a good conversation. He talked about, they use price labs and, and, um, they haven't seen that be an issue. And, and sure enough, we haven't, we probably have like two summer bookings so far, um, at, at a really good price that I'm happy with for like full weeks. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, I was concerned about that, but it seems so far like that hopefully won't be an issue. Yeah, um, yeah. But the pricing, because of 
with price labs and stuff, I mean, it's, it's a pretty wide gamut of the pricing that, that I'm seeing like per, per night. Um, so yeah, yeah. They, but and that's, those, that's those of you that are listening, price labs is a price optimization tool that, that takes our short-term rental nightly rates uh, and kind of adjusts it based on supply and demand. And so that's, uh, that's what, when, and a lot of, a lot of property managers are going to use those tools and that, that helps you. So you don't, you know, the goal is to not leave a bunch of money on the table, similar to airlines, hotels, everything else have been using it forever. It's not just one price across the board when you start using those price optimization tools. And so, yeah, you'll have to watch that. It'll be interesting to see what you don't want to see is like, like we talked about, you don't want to see your whole summer starting to book up now because that you, you're, that means you're, you're one of the cheap guys in the area. Right. <laughs> so you're leaving money on the table there. But if that doesn't seem to be an issue and you already have, and they already have a high price in the summer to kind of, to kind of stop that, it sounds like that they might, might already be doing that because we're going into the peak season. Those areas are already booking up right now. Um, right. Pretty, you know, pretty quickly actually in most of these areas. So that's uh Trigo, that's a, that's a, that's a busy, that's a busy about six to eight months for you. <laughs> you know, it's been, it has been, and um, it's gosh, when I first started working, so, so, you know, we, we closed on the Mount Hermon house. I, you know, I'm really excited and I have all these visions and plans and I really wanted to, you know, um, do the work on the, on the bunk room that I wanted to theme out. And so I chatted with Leslie and I'm like, Hey, what do you think about me to every week, you know, going for two days for two nights is like a, week, a day and a half, two nights to the property. And, um, you know, with five kids, that's a big ask for her. Yeah. And, and so, uh, she was gracious enough to say, okay, let's, let's make this work. Um, and it, you know, I, I was excited, you know, I'm, I'm going up there every week. And, um, but that got, that got exhausting after yeah. a while, after, after a few months of that, um, it was, I, I realized when I, when I started this, my business, um, years ago, um, I did this as an alternative to being a, um, a salesman. I would, that's what I thought I wanted to do. I wanted to be a salesman of medical supplies. And instead I, I opened a shop, um, of medical supplies and, um, Leslie was the big driver of that of like, I don't want a, a, a traveling salesman for a husband. I want to, you know, someone right. who's going to be home every night and gosh, I after these last few months, I never went, that would not have been a good, uh, career choice for me. Right. So, um, but yeah, so it was at first I was super excited and in the, in the Vodacy, um, group, I heard about, you know, people would say like, my first one was a fixer upper, but I'll never do that again. You know, yeah. it's only turnkey from here on out. And at the time I was like, really, this is so much fun. Like, how could you know? And now I'm like, okay, I get it. Uh, turn, turn key from here on out. That's good. Yeah. Um, but it's hard for me because I really like the, um, I like the idea of the burr. I like the idea of, and I've always been like a, a fixer upper type of guy. Like I'll take yeah. something and rehab it. I'll, I'll refurbish it. I'll, you know, and so I like that idea. And so it's, I'm really going to have to fight my natural instincts to, yeah. to pay full price and like buy something that's, that's nice already. Yeah. But um, that might, might be what you I have just, to do. You, you'll take a couple months off and rest and then you're going to, then you'll forget, forget all, all about of the other stuff. That's how I am. I'm like, okay, every time I'm in the middle of it, I'm like, why did I do this? I've done this yeah. hundreds of times now. I know not to do it. but it's uh, yeah, you, you, totally. you deserve that well-deserved rest, but it's, I always tell people that acquisition phase, especially, you know, can be, can be grueling and exhausting, but definitely that setup. And if you're taking on any sort of a rehab, it's uh you got to be, you got to be ready to roll your sleeves up and it's going to be, you know, it, it's not, uh, they never said it was easy. Right. And it, but once you're done, it's a lot of fun and you're, you're hitting that stage now where you can take a few steps back. You've got management companies in place. You're starting to go into, it'll be a really fun. This will be your first, you know, really peak season rolling into it with two properties that you worked really hard with. And now, now all of a sudden you start to really see the fruits of that labor and it'll be a lot of fun. This is, this is, it's exciting to hear that story, but I, you know, We'll have to get an update at the end of this, at the end of the season, you're going to be, my guess is you're going to have your sleeves rolled up and you're going to be into another third, third or fourth property there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. I mean, I, I want to, we just refinanced the Yosemite house. And so I think Leslie was like, kind of, it was like bittersweet for her. She's like, oh, great. Now you uh -huh. <laughs> I know what that means. Again. So, yeah. um, so she's like, before you do it, like, you're not going to jump in anything right away. Right. Like, let's talk about this. Let's like, let's like see what we want to exactly do. And so <clears throat> we, um, 
right now we're trying to figure out exactly where the next market is going to be, but we definitely want to keep keep going. I think that this is going to be, um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about getting out of the rat race and um, uh, we play his board game or used to play it all the time. I haven't played yeah. it in a while, but that idea of getting your passive income above your, your expenses and getting to the point where you can um, just live, you know, <laughs> that's, that's change awesome. your lifestyle that way. And so, yeah. and that was the other thing I was, you know, the ability to combine those two, to have a lifestyle asset and, and a portfolio of lifestyle assets that are paying you. And, and now you can, you're out of the rat race. Your, your passive income is greater than your expenses. And you've got all these places where you can vacation. Boy, that's like, that's, that's the dream right there. So but, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I call the Holy grail, right? That's what <clears throat> they're just fun assets to own and, and be a part of. And even during that, you know, it, like you said, the, on the, the, the property that you were able to go spend time with the family and you're in the middle of, you know, getting the cabinets refinished and everything else. It took a little bit longer, but you can't replace that time you spent either. And, and it's right. a lot of fun and, and we don't get to get the chance to do that on many assets um, that we're buying as investments um, particularly. So that's awesome. So yeah. you and I can talk about this for a long time. And so we're going to, I, I know how valuable your time is and sure appreciate you spending it with us and, and our listeners and viewers. One last question that I always like to ask everybody, you know, if you can go back to the very beginning and give yourself any advice before you started this journey, what would that be? Um, you know, overall, like I said, like, even though we were bummed on missing out on, on that first one, you know, like it ended up working out so well. And so, um, I don't know, I guess <laughs> I mean, right now, what I'm, what I'm, in the middle of right now is this, some of these electrical issues that I'm having with Mount Hermon. And so I guess the, the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head is that <clears throat> I should have paid more attention to the inspection because there were some clues in the inspection um, with that, um, that if I'd have had someone come and do that at the very beginning, mm -hmm. that could have been wrapped up and we wouldn't have, you know, our guests have been mostly gracious. Um, but the, the electrical issues ended up frying our short circuiting, our brand new oven that we bought to like mm -hmm. fit the, fit this space in the kitchen. And so we've got this dead oven right now. And the first guest that, that we had after the, after the oven, we said, Hey, sorry about this. The oven just fried. Um, we're working on getting a new one. Um, um, just wanted to let you know. And she says, Oh, that's really a deal breaker for us because our plan was to make a bunch of pies. And we're like, <laughs> who, who goes to an Airbnb for like to make pies and make yeah. pies like this crazy. And so anyway, so she ended up, um, um, canceling her booking and, um, and so, and so, um, everyone else has been gracious about it, but, um, but yeah, just not to have to, that's been a kind of a stressor for me to like, oh man, like if we'd have taken care of this in the beginning, yeah. um, then that would have been. And that's actually a great lesson that a lot of times doesn't get brought up in, and in these markets, it's a really, that's a really important lesson is especially where you were a cash buyer and you're not going to have any contingencies and inspections and all that stuff. And it's a really quick a really quick time frame. If you're a buyer who is getting a loan, a lot of times to compete, we'll say, okay, we'll, we'll waive our inspection contingency and all that stuff. That doesn't mean that you don't want to do an inspection and pay attention to all the details on it, right? You, you still want to always do those inspections, pay attention to every detail, because you may not go back to the seller and address all of them, but you want to walk into it with your eyes wide open, knowing what you're getting into, right? And, and really paying attention to that. And so that's a that's a great point to, to make, especially in these markets where they're so hot. And a lot of times buyers are to compete, they're waiving a lot of those contingencies, right? And so, right. and as a cash buyer like you were, you guys moved so quickly that, uh, that sometimes, you know, we're, we're focusing on all these other things. We look at the big things and then some of the... And, Electrical is a pretty big thing. <laughs> it could be, yeah. it could be a big issue, right? So yeah. now, now you're having to deal with it, but you know, overall it'll get taken care of and, and uh, part of that rehab process, right. That just kind of, that, that just isn't quite done yet. We got to, we right. got to get it finished. Right. Well, awesome. Trago. Well, I appreciate you joining us today and uh, 
and spending time. This is, I always tell people these are absolutely my favorite episodes um, that, that we get to record because it gets me a chance to not only have conversations with with all of you guys that join us, but we just share that with everybody else. And I know how valuable it is for other people to hear. So thank you so much for joining us today. And so those of you that are that are joining us and spending your time with us, we're going to wrap it up today. If you got anything out of this episode, I always ask that you share it or like us, leave us a review on whatever platform you're seeing this, whether it's on the podcast or on YouTube, we post it on both or both platforms. And so, and I always leave you to, in a challenge for you every, every single week is to go pick one thing, just one thing you can do today to go start building that life that you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.